Hello, dudes, dudettes, and duders, and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. My name is Jesse, and I am the host of this here program, and I do appreciate you tuning in. We are going to get to Katie Ann Mitchell, our guest today, in just a moment, but we've got some very, very fast orders of business that we have to hammer through, and then the episode is all yours. First of all, the, the series on storytelling is wrapped. I want to say a very sincere thank you to all of our guests on that program. That means a thank you to Naomi Beatty. That means a thank you to Kathy Fong Yoneda. That means a thank you to Hilliard Guest. And that means a thank you to John Booker. I appreciate you. Not I. We we appreciate you. The whole audience, the listening audience of this program appreciates your insight, your wisdom, that you took the time to talk to us, that, that you were willing to share your hearts, your, your experiences, and uh, and enrich our lives through through the medium of podcasting. Am I getting a little too heady at the top? It's possible. I have to turn off all the fans when I record this, so it's getting a little hot and maybe my brain is boiling. So thank you to all of them, and that means that we are starting a new Miniseries and the miniseries we're getting into now is indie musicians. Uh, we're, we're going in a we're going in a much more uh, a tonal direction than the screenwriting episode. So I hope you enjoy that. Our first guest is Katie Ann Mitchell, and we'll get to her in just a minute. But we've got some more orders of business to get to. Milestone minutes. I wish we had some milestone minutes music to play right now because we hit a milestone. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages who shouldn't be listening because there is swearing on this podcast anyway, we have crossed 2,000 subscribers. Thank you, everyone, every every human being, every bot, every spider that tricks our algorithms into thinking that uh, bots and spiders are listeners. But to, to, the, to the real folks out there, thank you for listening. And to the bots and spiders, thank you for confirming that we exist and continuing to boost our ranking in the search engines. It, it's, it's nice to see these numbers climbing. It reinvigorates the spirit, doesn't it? And uh, you know what? Why don't you, why don't you take that as a feather in your cap, confirming that you, the listener, have good taste in podcasts. If the audience was shrinking, ooh, you'd have bad taste. But since it's growing, pat yourself on the back. Dislocate your shoulder doing that if you'd be so kind. All right, enough of that nonsense. Katie Ann Mitchell. This is an interesting one. It almost didn't happen, and it almost didn't happen because of how I introduced myself to Katie Ann Mitchell. And we'll get into that in the episode. I do believe we talk about it. If we don't, uh, errors and omissions will cover the, the storied first night of meeting uh, in, in detail, she was she was a stage kitten for Vixen Deville. I went out to see Vixen's solo show, uh, episode five. Check it out if you have a heart. If you don't, you can skip it. That's on you. Um, and Katie Ann Mitchell was there doing doing the the stage kitten work. Uh, didn't realize it was her until after the show. And Vixen introduced us. And Vixen tucked away, and I nuked the conversation. But uh, Katie, uh, she she's not easily nuked. She she does not nuke well so uh she she uh recovered not just for herself but for me as well she scooped it all back up and i think you'll you'll hear you'll hear reference to how that first night went and i, th I think you'll enjoy the stories uh, i think you'll enjoy them so much that i'm done talking without further ado for you woohoo katie ann mitchell drops 
Morpheus is fighting Neo. Nailed it. Thank you so much. Welcome to the program. I am Jesse, your host. This is the Hollywood Fishbowl. And today I am joined by the one, the only, the illustrious... Katie Ann Mitchell. Who's sounding very soft. Is it... it am I... I do you want me to get up more on this? Hey. No, no. And you just said moron. Let's, let's let the music burn down and see if that doesn't help a little bit. Good Lord. This song is too long. It's okay. We got a little dancing to start our morning here. And Morpheus is done fighting Neo. You, oh. Get up on there. Let's see. Let's see. We we're going. We're going to hey, push. Okay. Can you can you hear me? Check check check. There oh, it is. Hey, I that can hear myself. Much better. Yeah, I can hear good. myself a lot better. I'm a little soft spoken to begin with sometimes. Well, let's. We'll get past that. <laughs> we'll so, get past that. In you ready? This podcast. Yes. I'm For ready. the new segment, this is something I'm very excited about, and we're going to burn through it. And if it's a complete disaster, that's okay. Okay. And if Ruby. it's a complete success, that's okay too. Okay. So what we're doing, we're calling this one um, five and five. So we got a timer. We have an actual clock that you're going to have. Uh, I'm going to give you a question. And when it goes beep, 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 you're done. You have one minute for each answer. Oh, okay. We're going to burn through kind of the, the most stock standard interview questions that Sweet. I hear a little too often. So, All right. Uh, yeah, Fair enough. Oh, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Like so it. you ready for, um, you ready for, I don't need five, five and five. We'll call this segment. Cool. It doesn't even have a name. It's so, it's, it's so new. All right, here we go. And this is what the beeps will sound like. That's way too quiet. <laughs> it's, it's very <laughs> quiet. Okay. What I meant to say was, uh, this is what the beeps will sound like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good. All I right. Question one. It. Where did you grow up and how did that affect you? Like what's, what's your origin? Okay. I grew up in Stockton, California, which okay. was rated the worst city in the, the America. Congratulations. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, it's uh, my anti hubris to my hometown, which is my standard answer that I say. Um, how did it affect me? It was kind of like a middle of nowhere, mediocre town. I mean, I met some really amazing uh, friends there that are incredibly dear to me. And mm-hmm. so I think that that, that had a, a large impact. Um, but as far as shaping me uh, culturally, it was a bit of a farm town. So I guess I carry that little bit of it with me. Is it the kind of place that you're looking to get out of your whole high school career? Or? Yeah. Okay. I mean, but I mean, also just because I have wanderlust in general. So, oh, okay. uh, you know, I wanted to kind of get out on the road. I think it, that would have been true of anywhere if I had grown up. Where'd, when did you head out? What did you like? 18. Okay. So yeah, as soon as you to, graduate. Oh. Yep. That's it. That's all you get on that one. All right. Oh, you feeling okay? You ready for yeah, question yeah. number Let's two? Yeah, yeah. Let's okay. do it. Let's do it. I'm amped. What is the must-engage media, the book, the movie, the the album that our audience must listen to before they die? Oh, that's interesting. Um, well, I mean, we were talking about off-air Neil Gaiman, and I stand by that. I love Neil Gaiman. I love him mm-hmm. so much. I think he's a, a brilliant in his approachable language. I think that that takes a, a certain immense genius to be able to make a complex uh, philosophical approach simple and accessible. And what's the book of all his books, which is the the entry point to that, that family? Well, I started with American Gods, and I'd really recommend people okay. to do that too. I mean, I love the series as well, the American Gods series. Um, but uh, yeah, I also liked, um, gosh, what was the... Uh, the title of that. I love Neverwhere was really great too. Oh, his Sandman series. No, yeah. I love the Sandman series. <laughs> uh, you just got it in under the wire. Yeah. All right. You're doing fine. You're doing fire. Here comes the next question. 
purest source of joy? Like what, what, what warms your heart? Oh yeah. It's just being out in nature. I would say that wholeheartedly anywhere. I mean, being in front of a big ocean, being by myself in front of a big ocean being, I love, uh, if I'm driving out, I used to do a lot of drives between here and New Mexico. And if I'm driving out and it's Mm -hmm. at night and there's no one there and I can get out of my car and there's just stars. I love that. I just love sitting and looking at the stars. It's amazing. There's something so beautiful about being that. an audio medium. Nobody. Well, I mean, if you're looking on YouTube, you know that I am nodding enthusiastically <laughs> with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I love that solitude. I love people, but I, I, I love solitude as well. Oh, this is uh, this is not the first time you've mentioned solitude to me. We're gonna get to that yeah, later. Yeah, We're gonna yeah, do the yeah, deep yeah, dive I, I into know, solitude. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> Depending on who you ask, I'm an extrovert or an introvert. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a, it's, it's a very mixed bag. Okay, well, I've got questions. I've got follow-up questions, but I don't have time for them. Uh, two left. Okay. What gets under your skin? Like, what's the opposite of your purest joy? What, what makes you crawl with anger? <laughs> I mean, people chewing loudly. <laughs> I mean, that's a really, like, a big annoyance to me. Oh, well, hold on. I was just about to crack open this bag of pretzels. <laughs> I know. I, I, just, I can't stand it. Even myself, I have to, like, put on some audio while I'm chewing because it annoys me. Um, but also, I mean, I just, I don't like... Uh, uh, people who are, who are, uh, cruel for no reason. It's, you know, there's, there's, uh, I can have compassion for most things, but just to be uh, Machiavellian, I, I, I have little patience for it, but also I've dated a lot of sociopaths. So that kind of goes along with that. Diligently taking notes. We're going to have follow-up <laughs> questions on that more than we can get to in 15 seconds. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I would say those two things are, are pretty much high up on the list, you know, okay. along with, you know, murder. Oh, no, murder is, <laughs> I think murder is underrated. I think it gets a bad rap. <laughs> Last question. Now you got, you got a full blown, you got a full blown album out. You're no longer in the beginner class. What advice would you have for beginners? Oh God, I still think I'm a beginner, but, um, uh, you know, we did an interview a while back with this guy, Freebo, who used to be um, uh, the uh, basis for Bonnie Raitt. And he does his own music now. And his advice was jump in the damn water. And I think that that's solid. You know, it's like, just do it, man. You're going to be foolish at first. You're going to be foolish in the middle of your career. You'll be foolish at the end of your career. You'll be a fool the whole goddamn time. So you might as well just do it if you feel like you want to do it. If you feel like you should do it, why not have that experience? Because you'll be a fool if you sit be your mediocre, less true version of yourself so you know might as well be a fool at something that you enjoy doing i cannot wait to get to know the less true version of you from before you jumped in the water oh that's interesting that's yeah. gonna be fun to hear about yeah i think yeah. Uh, oh uh, we're done that was fun that was fun you're done i feel i feel energized right congratulations now. okay so like that, that bit was not a disaster rocky. no it was great it was great i feel i feel good about that distilling those answers into one oh. minute little sections hold on it beats our add nature i was gonna i was gonna do this at the end <laughs> nailed it you killed it all right <laughs> Who could her like we were uh, in Vegas and we were all doing like oh special skills that everyone she 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 has a way of doing that noise with her mouth it's it's amazing it's it's entertaining as all hell let's special. let's slow it down a little bit we've okay. done our power hour our five we're minutes it, it down. seven minutes of heaven whatever that thing hour. was in, in high school <laughs> 
oh, seven minutes in heaven, you yeah, mean? That's, yeah, that's five and five. We're calling it seven minutes in heaven yeah, from yeah. now on, even though that has no relationship. So uh, let's, let us let, let me talk about me for a minute, because that's that's how I frame everything that I engage with. Is that, can we yeah, ride that wave? You're human, man. I feel like that's the human condition. So you, like you brought a new experience into my life that I've never had before. Mm-hmm. Um, I interviewed Vixen DeVille, Kat, a while ago, and she said, you got to interview my friend. She's a musician. Mm-hmm. I said, send her over. We want, we want musicians. That, that would be so much fun. So I, she sent your info over, downloaded your record, listened to it. Uh, and then I was in a very weird position because um, like, I, I, I didn't like your record. Mm-hmm. We're going to put that on the table yeah, early and often. I can't tire of hearing that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I listened to it again. And I didn't like your record. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, for you out there, it's a long record. So that's a lot of dedication, yeah. oh, I didn't man. Feel, I didn't feel ripped off. Your album's 90 minutes long or something. It's it's yeah. a monster. It is a monster. Um, quite literally. Quite literally so a monster. I was in that position where I was like, uh, what do I do? Like, do I, do I throw this thing in the can? Mm-hmm. Or do I follow up and realize that, like, I'm the problem. You're not the problem. Uh, so, yeah. so I, we, we just bumped into each other. Not last two nights ago. Was it? Was uh, it? yeah. Oh, two yeah, nights yeah, ago, Friday two nights night, ago, Friday, Friday night. night. We yeah. finally bumped into each other, got an introduction proper. Um, and the first thing that you said, the first thing I said was, was, was where I was on the whole thing. Like, I'm not going to bullshit you. Yeah. Also. Um, though, and I reacted in the very human way, which was <laughs> that I was like, Oh, well, who, fuck who this guy. Who's this <laughs> asshole? Uh, who's this asshole? Wait, uh, you mean- had a very good question. Yeah. You, after I said that, you said, so why would I want to be on the program? Yeah. And like, it hadn't <laughs> even occurred to me that yeah. that question would come up. That's so funny. I mean, well, I think it's, it's, you know, you're not the first person. Well, you're the first person that I've run into that has outright said, I don't like your album um but you're not the first person who hasn't uh who has felt it's okay to just kind of come up to me and be like i don't like this about you i don't like that about you so it's it's not too uh i mean i i i can handle it better than maybe i would have been able to handle it before but i think that with you, I think you handled so it beautifully. Night of, really, I, mean, I could That's see so the, the the the, the gut punch. See, I could see it happen. Yeah, but then I saw you like, all right, we're gonna do this. We're gonna and yeah. you stayed on, and we kind of like talked it down I for think a I while. I was curious because you asked good questions, and I respected that. About well, now, you. shit, man, if I don't blow yeah, the audience's don't, mind don't with blow, questions today, yeah, like man, if I don't, don't pull feel it pressure, out, don't feel pressure. <laughs> I'm in bad <laughs> position. You know what I'd like to do is let's yeah, let's yeah. slow down for a minute. What we're gonna do is, oh man look at me um losing my voice already yeah yeah no uh sweating sweat pouring down the armpits uh what we're gonna do is give you a chance to speak for yourself i'm gonna let the defense take the stand we're gonna play uh, you brought your guitar if you want to whip that thing out whip it out all right then here we go here's 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 what what it sounds like so uh this is call me echo i wrote it as part of the many lives of mockingbird and um, I actually, originally when I wrote it, I was actually, it was a, a commentary on a divorce and the process of divorce and feeling of divorce. My, not just my parents, but my sister also got a divorce as well. And so it was uh, kind of touching on some of those feelings of 
loneliness and isolation. So I'm gonna play. All right, and we're back. So, <laughs> how are you holding up? You good? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just groovy, man. Okay. So, um, my job isn't to like or dislike anything. So it was really, actually, like the more I thought about it, the more irrelevant that was. Mm-hmm. It was: Are you an interesting person? Are you? creating art that is unique? Is it off the map? Is it personal? Is it expressive? Is it mm-hmm. something that I haven't heard before? Yes, 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 yes. Straight down the list, mm-hmm. yes. Like the, the, the thing that was least important was the way that I introduced myself to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's you know focus on the things that are more important. And we're gonna talk about you. We're gonna talk about your life. We're gonna talk about your record. And uh, then you'll be free to go. You'll Fair never enough. have to do this that again. Sounds, that sounds good. No, I'm, I want to go I'm, back to the the alone thing. Oh boy, yeah, that's interesting. Why, why don't you yearn for the the affection and caress of others? Why don't I yearn <laughs> for the caress of others? It's not that I don't. It's just that there's um, a beauty. We were talking about this a little earlier. There's a beauty in. Um, not having to justify your experience and when you're alone in nature mm-hmm. and it's just you, you don't have to justify shit. It's great. I mean, you're sitting there and you're like, ah, oh, okay, I can just be myself. Okay, I get the message. You're not here to justify <laughs> shit. You're not on the defensive. Yeah, no, no, no but I think... I do agree with I you. I do agree with you. there's a beauty in that and there's a comfort in that because I think... Um, one of the things in the album that I explore is the kind of nature of victimhood and how that uh, can kind of turn us into the monsters that sometimes we uh, see in others. And I think that um, in a lot of areas of my life previously that I've seen myself as a victim. And so I think that being out in nature, there's no 
being a victim or a monster, you just are what you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think that there's a real freedom in that. And I just, uh, that's something I crave for. And around other people, you have to either be like, okay, I'm not a victim in this situation. I'm just justifying it. Or there's no, you know, you have to be like, if there's no power dynamic struggle, mm-hmm. you know, but you have to consciously make that choice not to have that. I think for me, unfortunately. There's infinity kinds of victimhood, but I guess it, when I think about it, I, I there's opt-in victimhood and then there's non-opt-in victimhood. Mm-hmm. I think uh, your record talks a lot about opt-in victimhood. I would agree. And I wonder if that's like, if that's a, a, a an experience that you've had a lot of. At- Absolutely. You know, I think um, that my parents got divorced at a kind of delicate age. I mean, it's not it's not a sob story so here. So just There's, tell me, when is the right time for parents to get divorced then? That's true. Um, but, you know, was, I was uh, between the ages of 11 and 13. It was mm-hmm. a very long divorce process. But there was a lot of uh, blaming on each side, and everyone kind of felt like a victim. And if you weren't opting into that, I think it was like, oh, well, what's my place then, you know, if I don't feel hurt by something? And so I think that uh, there was a lot of opt-in. I'm kind of ashamed to say when I was younger, there was a lot of opt-in victimhood just to feel like I had a place. And I think that I've had a good life. I think I've been really fortunate and I think it's really good to remind yourself of that. But I think if you're hurt by something and you don't deal with the pain and I was not good at dealing with my pain, I was very good at kind of pushing it off. Um, I think that if you have that mentality where you're avoiding that, that it's very easy to adopt the role of the victim and feel like, oh, okay, well, now I, I have a have a, a place of being this victim. And, and I think that that's what Mockingbird did. It's not that she didn't have tragedy in her life. It's just that she chose that to define herself. And I think that that was incredibly uh, human of this character. And that's something that we share in common, although there's a lot of things that we don't share in common as well. What's the deal with the cat floating? Oh. Is that just a metaphor and an image or is there... Is- oh, that's so interesting. Um, it was uh, basically an image that popped into my mind. <laughs> I was like, oh, what would be really strange here? And I was just like, and it was the first image that popped into my mind was just this cat floating above this kitchen table. And I thought, well, that's funny. <laughs> okay. okay. And that's, that's essentially, there's not a whole lot of metaphor there. I mean, I could analyze it and be like... You could oh. bullshit something like, if you want yeah, but if there's nothing... Bullshit, but, but I mean, uh, yeah, we honestly, can let's, 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 uh, yeah. I've got so many to... other questions. Okay. I do, uh, brothers, sisters? I have a sister, yeah. Older, old, younger? Older sister. She's uh, four years older. She's okay. a lawyer. Was she kind of like already, not on her own, but already like actualized as a, as a semi-adult when your parents were getting divorced? Like, was she kind of out with her friends? She had a car at that point, that kind of thing. She was 17, and so, and I was uh, 13 when the official divorce came through, and she, Uh, she and I were not close growing up. Thankfully, I'm so happy to say that we're close now and we've gotten a really wonderful relationship in the last couple years. But, uh, growing up, we saw the divorce through very different eyes. Like I was very much peacekeeper and I Mm -hmm. think that she, uh, had a really hard time and, I think our dad was a lot harder on her than he was on me. And so it was, it was in, I went between the houses. She primarily stayed with my mom. Were they like, were they using you as leverage during the divorce? How, how, Mm. 
how emotionally, how much were you like a, a shuttlecock in this? Yeah, game? I mean, I think it was kind of weird. It was always very difficult to have a good relationship with both parents at the same time because mm-hmm. they were kind of wanting you to. And I, I can't blame them now because I see you through an adult size and I'm like, oh, they just wanted love and they wanted this reassurance because they were going through a lot of pain and they didn't have really extensive support systems at that time. So, of course, they want to know that their daughter loves them and connects with them. And that's really jarring to know that the daughter also connects with this other person who hurt them so badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I can understand that now. At the time, it was very frustrating because, like, you know, I would go with one parent and I would empathize with what they were going through. And then I'd go to the other parent and I'd feel like a traitor because I was just kind of shit-talking with the other parent yep, about the yep, other parent. Yep, 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 yep. You know, and that's that's a really, like, that's kind of a mind fuck, you know? As you grew up, though, I mean, as you get older, do you start to realize that there's a chance they were curating information if not oh absolutely if not lying but like kind of revising stories well, and making yeah, them the I hero mean, of the narrative also yeah and they also i don't doubt that they believed what they were telling me I yeah think oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is that they they revised it in their own way because i think that when you go through any trauma and a divorce for the people going through it is is a is a trauma even though it's so common um i think that they I think they really, um, I think they really saw it as, uh, as like, oh, I have to kind of demonize this person to make, to live with myself, you know, especially when you're alone so much of the time. And they were. Yeah, absolutely. So you grow up, you're, you hit high school, the divorce is finalized. You do your high school years. Yeah. You have a boyfriend in high school? <laughs> I had a lot of one week relationships. Okay. I had an intense fear what were you like what what um, shape did you have then were you the, the cheerleader girl like what what costume like, were you wearing that's really interesting i was like uh like, um, no i was a little bit of everything i did the cheerleader thing for a, a little while for like a year and i was also really heavily involved in the speech and debate crowd which is mm-hmm. where i felt very at home uh just because you could be weird and there was a wide swath of people in there so there was really popular kids and there was very Mm -hmm. unpopular kids and um i was really neither popular or unpopular i just kind of existed in the middle and i had people that i was close to that i valued but i mean i wasn't too interested in playing that game all too much you know i liked being around the people that i liked being around okay but then you get out of college and you hop in the hop in what is it like a honda Civic? Uh, I had a, no. I had a Accord. VW Beetle. Okay. I had a VW Beetle. The classic one or the rebuild? Yeah, it was the 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 new one. It because was, of course you did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. But I. Where I, do you take that thing first when uh, you get out of the house? Oh, okay. So I mean, I went to college in Boston. Oh wait, um, that's a bit out there. You drive out to Boston? Did you do the no, country, no, cross no. country? Have you driven cross country yet? No, I've driven uh, the farthest. The farthest I've driven is to Oklahoma from okay. here. Okay, um, but no, I I, uh, I I flew out because Boston's not a great driving town, and mm-hmm. parking is miserable. So it wasn't really. I know worth it's it. not at all like LA where you can just <laughs> you step outside its parking spaces as far as the eye uh, can see. Yeah, no, no, I know, but it was like it's it, there's such a good public transport system. It's unlike LA. Yeah, but no, it, it was it was such a it was. It was uh, definitely easy to kind of wait. Did you go to Harvard? No, I didn't. Okay, because that's like the secret code of Harvard is I went to school in Boston. Like, you're not uh, supposed yeah, to no. say it. Uh, no, I, I did not. I did okay. not. I did actually do some. Um, I did some museum work at Harvard, though. Okay. Um, 
because I was I was studying uh, evolutionary anthropology. Wait, you didn't go to like Boston Community College and then hope that you could get away with saying Mm-mm. I went to school in Boston. No, no, no. You went there I, for like I, one I, semester, I went, okay, one pottery I'm gonna, class. I'm ease your mind here. No, I went to I went to Boston University. Okay, what were you gym. studying? What was your? I, it was anthropology and uh, religion. Like funny digging enough. for uh, what? Well, yeah, anthropology so, is one of those big, big, big terms. Yeah, so what it was, was your... um, biological anthropology, and my concentration, um, particular. So I went to graduate graduate school after that but it was um in uh paleoanthropology so yeah it was bones man i worked in a lab drilling teeth getting isotopes for a long time and then i minored in religion too uh simply because i found it fascinating okay we're gonna get to religion in question but i have a really important Mm -hmm. one before we get to that uh we got to clear this up for the audience on a scale of one to ten like uh jurassic park fallen kingdom how accurate is that in terms (laughs) of paleo it's not. I mean, uh, what? I mean, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I would say that there's a lot of unique uh, innovations that have come out, and it's amazing what they've been able to extract DNA from. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're, yeah. we're not any closer to the Indoraptor. Yeah. No, okay. You know, but it's fun. It's fun. I loved dinosaurs as a kid, man. That was my jam. I went to dino camp, so. No doubt. They're very, very fun. They're so but you heard it here first, folks. Fallen Kingdom is not scientifically accurate in our yeah. current day and age. Yeah. Then let's let's talk religion. Okay. That's like my favorite. I love religion. I think it's fascinating. I think religion is. What did you grow up as? Uh, nothing. Yeah, I think that's. Okay. Uh, you know, my mom, I would say, is loosely Christian now, but also. Is she- so she's really into reincarnation and I was as a kid too actually my favorite children's book was this book about reincarnation called uh, The Mountains of Tibet actually I just recently bought it because I like it so much Uh, but um, I uh, I was fascinated with religion from a young age I saw my friends going to church I thought it was really interesting my mom, you know, talked a little bit about uh, God and those things, mm-hmm. but she also was really into uh, like the idea of panspermia, which is basically which is... alien origination. And so we okay. went to some of those conferences when we were kids of like, oh, you know, the aliens are going to come down and save us. Stop paying your taxes. <laughs> I don't think that's the conclusion. That's not the takeaway is yeah. stop paying your taxes. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but it was uh, at the time that that was very interesting. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, I yeah. Is this I just, your first body? Oh, I'm asking person to person. Oh, let me say this. I love the idea of reincarnation. Now, I couldn't definitively say whether it exists or not because I'm human. I like to believe that it exists. Um, I will say that I think the concept that energy isn't created or destroyed in some way, whether we retain consciousness or not, we continue existing after we die. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be fun if we stayed together and our consciousness stayed intact or perhaps parts of our consciousness are spewed over and we're uh, recombined in different ways, lifetime after lifetime. So parts of us could be very old, parts of us could be young. Who the f- hell knows, you know? But I would like to believe it. I think that's really fascinating to me. Um, but I definitely wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I'm so uh, cocky to say that I would know either way. But then I guess the the big the big question there is um, that's an unknown. That's an unknowable unknown. 
reincarnation. But um, the knowable known, knowable unknown, whatever. Anyway, let's get to the question and skip the verbiage. Uh, is like, what can you be doing? What can we be doing in our lifetimes to invest in immortality, in, in, uh, oh, in energy that survives our bodies? Uh, interesting. Um, you know, I don't, I think that reincarnation and my uh, belief in it or want to believe in it uh, is, uh, does inform some decisions that I have. Not that I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about karma, but it's just like, oh, things that I feel like maybe I've done not so well in other lives or how can I learn mm -hmm. and improve in this life. I think that that feeds me a lot. You know, I do, uh, I think as far as being a good person or trying to be a good person, um, I do that for this life just because I want to be a good person, because I want to give love to people, because I do love people. It's not that I don't for all my love of solitude, I think. Um, what do you like design. about them? I'm not sold on the concept yet. Yeah, I think it's just that I think humans are so... Uh, wonderfully flawed and contradictory, uh, myself included. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's, it's just, um, I think there's beauty in that there's beauty in the destruction and creation that's inherent in our nature. And, um, I have a, a love for it because I have a fascination for it. I think people are fascinating. People are fascinating. And there's something that makes me really want to give love to them because it's, uh, I, I like, if I can, instilling joy in other people. What did it feel like for you the first time you fell in love? Not the first time you experienced love mm. for other people, but when you fell in love, like to pass that point of no return of affection. Have you, have you had that? Have you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Judging from your record, it sounds like you've felt deep love. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to say. Um, I think there was a... Well, it depends. There's kind of two different types of love. Um, there was a, a love that I had when I was, you know, younger, when I was 18, 19, you know, that was very uh, kind of all-consuming, obsessive, mm -hmm. possessive, you know, and that's a different kind of being in love. Possession is a is different uh, kind of being in love than um So I reckon like, you, you hit some point where you realize, like, you can't, own anything yes. or anyone in this world and you can't control it you know yeah. that's that's the difficult thing uh now the other time that i fell in love that was uh very painful was it was a much it was a much older man and um i it was just i met him and then i just knew that he was just someone that i loved mm -hmm. and i couldn't explain why but it wasn't even obsessive or possessive you know like i didn't need him to not you know, we didn't need to be in a relationship, but I felt like I just loved him because there was something about him that I just loved. And I can't explain it. It's like my closest friends in life, I think I've known within the first few minutes that they're going to be a person in my life that will be there for the rest of my life. And so far that's, you know, that's, that's panned out, but it was the only time that I've had that where I also felt that feeling of romantic love for someone. And Wait, that uh, was the only time you've, you've felt the, you got the romantic bug. No, I mean, uh, I mean, I got the romantic bug that was accompanied by possession, but this particular time uh -huh, with this man, an was untethered like, romantic it was, I, it was, yeah, it was just unconditional. And I would okay. still say that I still have love for this person, you know, like, you know, I'm not, uh, 
wouldn't say necessarily in love with this person, but I just would say that, you know, ah, okay, this is someone that I will have love for, you know, um, that's unconditional for no particular reason. You know, I just, I just love them as a person. You can. You're allowed yeah. to. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so too. But it's it's yeah. a it's a weird thing. I'm still like digesting that. That's it. That's uh, where's the beer 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 sound effect? Everybody hits that eventually. I know. I was like, I, and I, I talk guaranteed. with my hands. Yep, too, yep, yep. So no, this no, it's is guaranteed like... to happen. It's my favorite part of any episode <laughs> is when someone finally hits the the pop filter. Yeah. We are going to invest. I've got this like really sweet compact setup here that I can't like. It just is the right way. We're gonna get you set up. We're gonna get the guest hooked <laughs> up soon. I promise. No, no, it's good. It's good. You got a nice setup here, man. So, okay, what was what are we talking about? Re in reincarnation, reincarnation and, and love and, and legacy and love. You, um, let's talk a little bit about music, okay. shall we? No, yeah. let's talk a little bit about being alone at night and driving out to the desert and looking up at them stars. What's your which constellation is yours? Oh gosh, I don't even think I put it in. I don't think I think about it intellectually. I don't, <laughs> no, it's true. I, I don't, That's my greatest strength. My greatest weakness no, is I intellectualize uh, too much. No, no, no. I mean, like, there's so many other times in my life where I analyze and uh, intellectualize. And the thing that I love about nature is that I don't have to do that. Is that I go and I look at it and I, I don't have any opinions, other than, wow. And then I just let it lie. And I think that that's something that is as akin to uh, um, the divine as I could get. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just that I can be absorbed in it. It's that I don't even have to be a person in that moment. I'm just not an individual. I'm just here. I'm just observer and I'm a part of it. It's wonderful. I haven't lived in the desert yet until this part of my life. Like this is my first time living in the desert and I I've been here what 6 months now and I've been just like enchanted, just unbelievably enchanted. Oh my gosh, welcome. Trying welcome to figure out like out. why do I freaking love the desert so much? Yeah. I grew up in Pennsylvania. It's all green out there. You've been uh, that's so funny. Boston. Yeah. Like you know what yeah. it's like up up yeah. in that area. Yeah. And I I was walking out in the desert and I was just thinking like what the f- is this about this place? It's I think it's that it's like the earth is naked mm-hmm. that you can touch it in an intimate way that, that like it's 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 wearing a beautiful dress in Pennsylvania all that green yeah, and all those yeah. trees but out here it's just it's raw. you and the you and the naked ground yeah it's and i love raw. it i just it's i love so it wonderful. so much where where are you happier is it the desert or the forest uh, probably it's desert. Okay. Yeah. Okay, desert okay. and ocean We're are comparable for me. I think well, too, the ocean ain't shit. I don't like the ocean at all. <laughs> I love the ocean. I love the ocean when there's, there's no one around again, that kind of isolation. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, one of my favorite moments, I wrote a blog about this a while back. I wrote a blog. It's a right thing to say. <laughs> um, but, you cut me off. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know. Uh, um, but anyways, I, I did. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy writing little segments. It's been a fun thing uh, to my newsletter. But um, but uh, there was this really wonderful moment where I was driving between Albuquerque and L.A. Mm-hmm. And I got off on the side of the road um, and I pulled off on the exit and I realized 
that I was on the 40 and uh, the on-ramp was cut off. So I had to go on the historic Route 66 on the way back. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the most magical moments, man, because there was no one there. It was an old highway and I could pull over and it was just me and it was a hot desert and it was silent and the sun was going down and it was just me and the crickets and these really still, still, still cacti and and it was amazing it was amazing i think it's been one of my favorite moments in this life i uh, i did it twice the cross-country drive yeah best memories of my life like it's so beautiful out there in the nothing the midwest like there's nothing yeah I know. It's so great. It's yeah. so amazing. It's so amazing that there's those little pockets of the world still left like that. Where, what, what, is that when the songs come or is it when you're in your room or is it when you're on the commute and the, yeah, just on the a, five? It depends or when, on a, when do they hit? Like when do you um, start singing? When I started writing, mm-hmm. um, the first songs that I wrote were on that drive between Albuquerque and LA. Okay. Um, okay. You kind was, of allude to that. Like there's, there are yeah. parts of the story where you're like, and she drove through the night and this yeah. is the song she wrote. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously we talked about this off air. Mockingbird is not, is not me. I mean, it's a character and she's and that got was, illusions to me but it's not that was the biggest mistake i i made going into the record is i thought i had cracked the code of 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 you (laughs) yeah yeah, and i was like oh my god this this girl like (laughs) she keeps fucking up it's well there was that and there was like she thinks she's so clever that she's going to change her name to mockingbird and then just talk about herself for 90 minutes no Uh, that's so funny huge mistake on my part colossal mistake on my part it's so funny i mean and there's not, it's not that there's not, uh, there, there are really personal touches in the album and the songs were written from very personal experiences. Um, but the story itself was just, you know, it was themes that I was interested in and themes that I was exploring in humanity at large. So we, it was, we got to do a little, a small service to our listeners. The album is 90 minutes and it's half storytelling and half songs. And there's like yes. a three to five minute story. And then there's a song that relates to that story and then yeah. another three to five minute story and then another song. Yeah. And then the whole thing kind of goes it's not off the rails, but then there's this other part of the part of it, like a, a not a yeah, third, a quarter it, of it is just of, kind of like yeah, it's fairy. It's like it's kind of a uh, very or, conceptual origin fairy tale within a within a larger story. And that one, um, I had to write it because it was something that I kind of wrote in a little bit of a fever dream. So not to give it away too much, but it's mm-hmm. basically um, my version of uh, exploring Dante's Inferno and and exploring one of the things that always bothered me about uh, Dante's Inferno, which was this kind of really black and white perception judgment of the world. And I think I really wanted to have someone that uh, went from being this victim to kind of being absorbed by pain which turned to anger which turned into this monster character and then this sense of redemption and I liked that kind of it wasn't a black and white character throughout the whole thing that it could be an unlikable person that could be redeemed and I think that that's a reflection on humanity at large and the fact that we are so contradictory in nature that's two now love it are you unlikable Oh, is that how you gosh. frame yourself? No. Okay, good, good, good. I wouldn't frame myself as unlikable. Um, Which I, parts of you frame yourself as unlikable? Oh, that's an interesting question. Gosh, you ask good questions. Um, 
Um, I would say that there's aspects of me that are really prideful and, uh, and egotistical like we all are. Um, and I think that those Let's parts... Let's get you closer to the mic while this gentleman yeah. <laughs> mows <laughs> the lawn outside yes, the window. Yes. That'll make it easier for um, me to mix later on. Yes, I okay. totally get it. Um, so the, you know, I can be, uh, egotistical and that when I'm driven by ego... Ego comes from a very childlike place, so I can be very vulnerable, and I can have a lot of difficulty with um, criticism, uh, which makes me kind of lash out or be cold or be vengeful, you know. And it's not that I'm. Like I wish that. you told me that you have difficulty with criticism before I said no. Hello. No, no, no. But you know what? It's good for me to have criticism yeah. because then I can be like, I can take it in, and I can be like, you know what? I can see their point, but I just have to. Take mm-hmm. a breath and take a moment, but that's taken patience as I've gotten older. And I think when I was younger, I just was better. I I I hit it more, but it's still I felt it. And then as I've gotten older, I've accepted it in and accepted my initial feelings, which I think are good to do. So I let myself have those feelings of like anger, being like or hurt or pain, and then be like, okay, but this isn't not personal you can take it and you can let it go too mm. and that's something that i'm i'm working on at the moment but i think i've gotten better at it i i i hope so because if you can get good at that then you're going to be on easy street for the rest of your life <laughs> no it's true and i think it's 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 so good to you know i've had some really great revelations through some really thoughtful critique from people and i think that um, it makes me reflect on, you know, my own journey and um, put myself for it. The reason that I have trouble with criticism is because mm-hmm. I'm very critical of myself. And so a lot of the things that other people say. You're like, get you know, in line, dude. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's just like, oh, God, I'm like, I've already said it. And it's, I'm, yeah. uh, I have a, an intense feeling of humiliation more than anything else. So it's not even like so much as anger at the other person yeah, as, yeah, 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 as yeah, yeah, it is yeah, yeah. that I'm just humiliated yep. that this thing that I think about myself has been exposed yeah. and um, and so and sometimes it's the critique is justified or sometimes not but I had a, a, a really difficult time um, in which I put other people's uh, I valued other people's opinions of me far far more than I valued my opinions of myself um, and I've worked on that and a big thing that helped me with that was artistic expression because then I could have a voice and say gosh my voice is valid as well was the um was the cult leader? Have you fallen for a cult leader in real life? No, no. Okay, okay. no. But I just I find cults really fascinating, and uh, a couple dear friends of mine have been in cult like situations. Okay, okay, and okay. that was really painful for them. Um, and uh, also I've seen uh, you know I've been in small short situations where you know I've seen a kind of cult mentality, and yep, also yep, yep. I think that personally, not to get too political, but I do think that right now our political system has produced a kind of cult-like mentality for people. You know, people are not questioning and not having a um, really analytical approach to their opinions. They're they're very, You're the second guest who has mentioned politics and then been like well not to get political like it's not a valid discussion right now like <laughs> no it's so- it is a valid discussion you're right you know what it is i come from a really conservative family and i'm how's, not myself how's thanksgiving dinner <laughs> 
It's interesting. No, you just but keep your damn mouth shut. Or yeah, okay. yeah, pretty much. It's it's very interesting because I I feel very strongly about uh, politics, um, mm-hmm. and they are contradictory to you know my family, but. At the same time, I know the capacity that my family has for love and affection and and all of those things as well. And so it's also painful to hear uh, some um, conservatives uh, demonized as less than human as well. So I think it's 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 a something that I'm trying to explore in that myself. Was- you, you a thought cropped up in that uh, power hour at the beginning, the five and five. Um, you mentioned that the thing that gets under your skin is people who are mean for no reason. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, um, and you, it, it just popped into my head again, like nobody thinks they're the asshole. Like yeah. everybody frames what they're doing as the right, the best thing they can do with the oh, short, yeah. short time they have on Absolutely. this earth. So Absolutely. The, like the dehumanization really is a uh, 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 steady march in the wrong direction, I think. Like, other yes. is, is wrong. Yeah, you know, I think that there's two ways to dehumanize, right? Oh, um, I, that's, there's a million ways there's to... There's a million let's ways. Let's get started. But I'm going to say two main <laughs> what are the, What are the two that are on your mind? see is either to tear someone down, to devalue mm-hmm. them, um, you know, and devalue their opinions as, uh, as invalid... Um, and also to idolize someone. And I think that we're doing both right now, unfortunately. So, um, that's funny. Nobody, I, like, not nobody, but I don't usually hear the idolization as part of yeah, a dehumanization think, dialogue. Yeah, and it very I, much is. Yes, it, it absolutely is. Because if you put someone up on a pedestal, you yeah. know, uh, then they don't get the chance to be human, to be flawed. And though that, that's a beautiful thing. And that's a way to connect with someone as a person. So if you're not letting someone be flawed, mm-hmm. then you're cutting off part of that connection with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the beauty of why, you know, I love some of the pantheons and uh, the religions with pantheons because their gods are so flawed. I almost think it's a more intimate connection because of that. Have you done your Old Testament work? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, briefly in, in college, twists you know, but, and turns abound. Yeah. There's yeah, the, the the story of Noah when God yeah. puts up his bow and he regrets it. Yeah. And you're like, wait, there, he had he I regretted know. it. I know. I do like the the. I like the. Sorry, Selena. I know we've already done this on the air. Uh, we're gonna go back there. Please continue. <laughs> um, but I, I I I do like that. I love. Um, that's a good point too. I do like the the. Uh, how it's flawed only- the God of the Old Testament is. I think it's beautiful. Beautiful, you know, yeah, whether, yeah, yeah. whether um, there's a God or not is irrelevant. I just think that, you know, seeing the humanity in that way and seeing the connection and, and the flaws in that way are, uh, is, is beautiful. Well, like there's, what love exists, you felt yeah. a connection. So uh, can't we just be like God's love? We're good. Yeah. Well, God's love and they can also be hurt and they can also feel pain if we can feel pain, you know, like I think that pain is not a less valid emotion than love. No, not at all. And I think that it's funny that you call pain an emotion because it's uh, also yeah. a physical response. It is a physical response. That so you, is love. Love is a physical response. I let's feel, talk about pain as an emotion, though. Oh, do, you, do, you, do you swim in the lakes of depression ever? Some. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I had a... A few like kind of notable periods of um, of 
um, depression. One would be, you know, like during graduate school. So I went to graduate school for evolutionary anthropology and I was in that for about four years. Um, uh, and I got my master's and did a couple years in a doctorate and it was, uh, it wasn't the right place for me Mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to get out of it. And I felt, I kind of resigned myself to this, uh, mediocrity. And that was, terribly depressing because I was not good at it, man. I was not good at it. It was, I was, I was okay at it, but I was not great at it. And it was just like, I'm like, also I was studying something that honestly had like no relevance, man. I was putting so much time in something mm-hmm. that was completely irrelevant. And that's horrible, horrible. So you um, pick up a guitar, you make a record. Do you, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is a shitty question because it's yes, no. But do you, would you rather be an amateur at something that you love than a professional at something that you don't care about? Obviously. Wow. <laughs> Blowing the lid off of the art world here yeah. on Hollywood Fishbowl. Uh, obviously. Yeah. I mean, because that's what I did. I picked up a guitar. I was like, I'm 31 now. I picked up a guitar when I was 28 for the mm-hmm. first time. And I was like, hey, I don't know anything about this. Let me try and play guitar. Let me, I got a quick question for you because this was my move in high school. Yeah. You want to learn some chords? And then the guy sits behind you and he's like, got his arms wrapped around. He's like, no, no, you just put your fingers there. <laughs> yeah. Did no. Oh, was that your first learning experience or no, did you do something? No, it wasn't at all because I was really private about it at okay. first, you know, and I was Oh, really there's YouTube sh- now. You don't need some creepy high school kid sitting behind you. It's true. <laughs> we um, live in the future. It's it's true. And um, I didn't start taking guitar lessons until like after, uh, like a year or so after I picked up a guitar for the first mm-hmm. time and I was uh, absolutely awful. I'm not great at it now, but I feel like it was... Uh, you know, it was something that I was like, oh, okay, I had to choose consciously to invest in this thing that I cared about. And that's scary. So that was another like major period of depression that I had for about... Wait, was picking like, up the guitar? Yeah, about like six or eight months of it. Because it wasn't just picking up a guitar. It was saying, oh, I love music. I want to do it. And now I have to go back to square one. Yep, yep, yep. And that's... Your masters don't mean shit in this arena. My masters don't mean shit. Well, and it wasn't that just that I had done that, but I had done that twice. So when I left graduate school, I left for acting originally. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'm a beginner at this. And then I was like, and I was like, I finally got to a place where I'm like decent enough at you know acting and and uh and then I was like oh okay well oh I'm just gonna dabble and write these songs and I was like fuck because I was like oh this is like like acting was like one step towards this and this feels like uh, truthful in a way that I haven't been able to access before and I was like oh god I know that I'm going here Mm -hmm. but I don't want to go here because I have to be this really amateur for a long time Mm -hmm. and I have to justify to people that hey by the way family friends you didn't know I'm doing this but now I'm doing this and I I look foolish and I know I look foolish but at the same time I also know that I don't really have much of a choice because I know that that's where I'm going and if I don't do that it's uh, it's suicide for me so it's you know it's that's I have to and it's it was really scary and it was I I had a lot of moments of being really really embarrassed yeah yeah 
Yeah. Fewer and fewer, I hope. Do you feel like you're you're finding your your shoes? Fewer and fewer, but oh man, I still fall flat on my face. It's fine. But, um, but it's, uh, but yeah, fewer, fewer, I would say. Are Uh, you surviving off the music and the acting or is there? (laughs) Hell no, man. Sorry, sorry. I don't know. I don't know what the scene is at (laughs) all. Oh, no, no. Well, I mean, in, in folk music too, we have been talking about this off air, but like so many are like, uh, so many, especially in the folk world now, and singer-songwriters are producing their own stuff, self-producing. Most of the folk artists that I know are. Um, and it's expensive, man. And also, you get paid, like, nothing from it. So it's kind of just a labor of love because you're like, hey, there's this thing that wants to be created, and I'm mm-hmm. a part of making this creation happen in one way or another. Um <laughs> but I also have to be the benefactor to this thing that wants to be created. You yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you're a patron to your own uh, art nowadays. So, yep, yep, yep. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I survive. I work for a radio program. Um, but you're I've- on the radio. I am on the way. Yeah, I, I run a podcast. I didn't mean I, it like, yeah, what oh, the, how, how did that happen? No, no, how no. could you get that job? I no. know, I just, I love radio. I grew oh, up on radio. I yeah. think like radio is the coolest thing in the history of of media. Yeah, man. What's um, your program? What are you um, doing? Uh, so I started working for this program, Art of the Song, um, mm-hmm. which is a nationally syndicated radio program, interview singer-songwriters. Um, this couple. Look at you put me in my place now. I'm just oh. some some little hack in his kitchen. Oh, no. Well, I didn't I, know I, you were a nationally syndicated Oh no, but I've, I've radio person. God okay, damn it. Be, and here to, I am talking <laughs> trash on your record the first time. What am I? I'm a moron. I'm the stupidest person. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, um, I didn't do the main interviews for that. It was this couple, mm-hmm. John and Viv. Um, I did a couple interviews for mm-hmm. Art of the Song, but what I do is I run our podcast. So I do the interviews for our podcast, okay. which I love. I loved. I love hearing people's stories. I think that's fascinating. Isn't it's it the fun. best? It's the best, man. I think people are so interesting. And when people open up and share a little slice of themselves, it's, it's magnificent. It's magnificent. I couldn't agree more. Um, do you want to ding the thing? You want to do some some cards? Yeah. Ring a ding ding, baby. Uh, that's that's never gonna. Okay. Give us a big one. Oh crap! That was. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm making this happen. I'm making All right, this. Close your eyes. Pull one out. Let's okay. see what you got. Okay. This How one. exciting! Now, yeah. What did you get? <laughs> this one says, "Did you ever dodge death?" If not, you're lying. <laughs> Have you ever dodged death? What's your death? What's your closest yeah, brush? Yeah, um, the first thing that comes to mind, I was driving in my dad's uh, pickup truck and I hadn't been used to it and it was raining after a long drive spell mm-hmm. and I was going the speed limit, but it was like the roads were really slippery yep, yep, and yep. my car completely spun out and it spun across four lanes of highway and in, in front of a semi and I just got missed by the semi and my car just stopped on the edge of rolling over a ditch. It was the craziest thing. You, you most likely could have died in that. It's, yeah. it's funny, like a little bit of water on a whole lot of dust and you got a bad situation it was so crazy but it like spun all the way around and i was like holy crackers man that's like i'm a real lucky or i'm being watched out somewhere that was was real fortunate i would say to anybody who is just listening to this you should check out the youtube feed to see uh how shredded the t tag is at this point (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. You have annihilated that oh, thing. Yeah, I feel bad for the tea tag. Oh, yeah, that's actually, that's like a big habit of mine. Is no, just you've, been, sh- you've been working that thing the whole discussion. shredding up, yeah. It's, it's when I'm contemplating something or I'm a little bit nervous, you know, which I'm like, oh. oh I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you nervous. Oh, no, you didn't make me nervous. Yeah, I don't want to put you on edge. I, it's, it's, it's the nature of um, these kinds of things. You know, you're self-revelatory and it's a, it's always a little bit nerve-wracking. It's vulnerable, man. The thing uh, is, like, you could have died in that car crash and I'd never be the wiser. I'm glad you lived because now I can know the difference between knowing you and not knowing you. <laughs> but you also could have died, but it would have been no skin That's off my the, back. It's true. It's true. But it definitely would have been but, skin uh, off of my back. Yeah. But at, at, at this point, at this point, I'm glad you survived. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I'm, you. I'm invested that. in you as a person. Let's see what's next. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gaming the system. I'm trying to go for one of yours. This might not be it. Uh, is this one of yours? Describe a moment where you were obsessed with someone, something. Oh, yeah, that, is, that is one of mine. Rock and roll. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, well, then I'd say that I was really... This older gentleman, what's the age difference of this obsessed with... Well, are we talking like five years or are we talking like 30 years? 34 years. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. What was it about him? Like, what, what pulled you to his heart? I don't know. He was an artist. Uh, he is an artist. And he was just very... Um, There was just something uh, vulnerable about him mm-hmm. and something uh, open-hearted about him. I just think, I don't know if it was an obsession, uh, though. I mean, I would say the kind of like first love where I was much more possessive was more of an obsession. Like, okay. look at my phone all the time. You know, it's like, oh, waiting for the text. Why isn't he texted? What's okay, he doing? So this, What's this... everything going? You know, that's like a different sort of obsession. But this this man, you know, I just, I I loved him. Yeah. Okay, so what was the obsession? If this guy is the antithesis of obsession, it was just yeah. Compassion. I would say like my first my first relationship was very was very okay. obsessive. Okay. You know, okay. it was like everything. You know, and he was he was he was a Machiavellian little shit. Um, <laughs> um, no, he wasn't that bad. I think he was just that's 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 a really that's a not nice thing today. I'm I'm chastising myself um he uh i think was uh, really searching to have control in his life and so he liked to have control over me and i bought into it too i let myself kind of be in that position where i'm like oh i put so much priority on what he thought and what he thought i was that i kind of broke down myself and let him dictate who i was and because of that like i became more obsessive because i was like oh gosh okay well i'm waiting on your your opinion here have you and you can bleed the fifth on this one it's just something that that doesn't consume my every waking thought but it is something that i think about every now and then is have have you like has that has that since been leveraged into a positive part of your romantic and erotic life the the Mm. Um, not yeah that that like the the full bl- the full force giving to somebody else yeah yeah I think that there's a way to do it where you cannot lose yourself in a moment so it's about choosing when to be vulnerable and I think that there's a, especially kind of like in the erotic realm too there's a beauty in worshiping someone for a moment you know mm-hmm. um and I think the same about, you know, like if you're there and you're completely giving and worshiping who they are, flaws and all in a moment, you know, you just have to 
um, be, I think, strong enough to have a tether back to yourself, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think that that takes time to build up. Oh, I yeah. You, know, you don't get so that for much. free at 15 years old. No. You got to well, work. You got to work for that shit. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely do. Definitely do. It's the, I don't know, like that you're, you're coming in from a slightly different angle. I hope and pray against hope and prayer that, that it's, uh, the, 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 the positive qualities of myself outweigh the flaws, the warts and all. Mm. But if you can love somebody for their warts, not despite their warts, like you're, you're way ahead of me on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think- no, no, no. Wait, let's back up a little. Cause this is, this is perception. Like for me, if somebody can love me warts and all, that seems impossible. But the people I love, it is. The, the way I experience them is like warts and I'll give it to me. Just give me the whole package. Yeah. I want to know what's what's beautiful and what's yeah. what's dirty and what's what you are ashamed. Like I want to love all of that. Yeah. So then I would say here that it mm-hmm. seems like your um, issue is not loving someone for all of their flaws, but it's uh, that you're um, nervous that someone can't love you for your flaws. And I, I get that. I understand that. And I would say that, um, I feel similarly. Yeah, it's it's yeah. very hard and it's hard to let someone in and to let someone love you for, um, your faults. Like, but when you're doing that, I think you're also giving to someone else to say like, here's what I am guard down. You know, that's, a, yeah, that's a, yeah. as much as someone's giving to you in that moment, it's also a gift to someone else uh, to give them that. And I think that's a hard thing to learn. And uh, I can intellectually say it, but I, I, I think I'm still, I'm still very much struggling with it. As Have well. you let the love in to about, the, about your warts? Mm-hmm. Like when somebody says, I love you warts and all, can you believe them? Or are you still at that? Like, well, you, you think you feel that way, but let's be real. Yeah, no, not yet. I think uh, with close friends, I can do that. Okay, I think okay, in a romantic sense. Yeah, I think in a romantic sense, okay. I haven't quite got there yet. Um, but I think with with friends, I can definitely I can definitely do that because I've been so fortunate in my life. I I think it's one of the biggest uh, blessings of my life that I have had incredibly good friends um, who are just really wonderful people, and um, and I've just I've been I've been really lucky in that regard. So I've been around people who are very accepting but i think romantically i choose people who are not always that accepting um of me and so i think it's like a, a sort of self-flagellation and i'm yeah. i think that the less that i see myself as a victim the less i do that and so it's it's a you know it's a personal issue I'm do you worry on. that the relationships that are if if they're like that that you kind of have a a, a built-in countdown timer on it like it, oh, if totally. you're chasing that there's there's oh, not totally. sustainability oh yes oh that's three baby i love oh, it i love go. it it's there my favorite go. thing um yeah absolutely i think i uh i very consciously chose sort of consciously chose uh sort of consciously chose people that uh i knew had an end time on them okay and uh i'm in a relationship now and uh and he's very lovely and it's scary because he's like oh, because there's what? no the clock there's isn't no, counting there, down yeah, it's like, no, wait, like wait this is possibly there, sustainable yeah yeah and it's it's really terrifying to me uh because i'm just like oh gosh there was so many outs but i'm like oh he's a good age with for me he's a he's a really nice good-hearted person he's mm-hmm. like you know uh, passionate about his career he finds purpose in his life and i'm like 
oh my god I can't get out of it <laughs> yeah yeah and then yeah. there's like there's a little and god damn it on top of all that he loves me what yeah, am I gonna do how so there's, there's a good there's a good like uh, you know the amount of kind of uh, 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 panic that sets yeah, in yeah, with yeah. that you know it's yeah yeah y'all enjoy spending time together like you just like yeah. talking like it's just nice to be around each other yeah okay you're yeah, gonna it's be just fine nice. it's so it's so uh, it's so easy it's so nice to be around to me can like, you do me a favor yeah if y'all have like a blowout nuclear fight uh call me and i'll talk you down from the ledge <laughs> okay. if you need a mediator if i need a mediator yeah, 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 okay all right. good lord do i want you to be happy for as long as possible well thank you so what a terribly kind thing to say I'm terrible, terrible with Terribly my kindness. Kind. I'm just no, no, but that was such a that it. was such a wonderful, kind thing. I really appreciate that. What I'd like to do is uh, we got to round out. The clock is ticking. We could go for yeah. another hour. I wish we had another hour. I'm really like really enjoying seeing the world through your eyes. We got to get that guitar out again. Oh yeah, totally. and we got to give them what they've been waiting for, and that is another song for you. And um, I'm gonna put the official. On mic, on air, on record. Apology. I didn't like your record because I didn't understand it. I brought my own uh, arsenal of, of assumptions as I was listening to it. I've listened to it since we did our, our preliminary chat, and I love it now. And I, I really Thank appreciate you. you taking the time to, to come in and chat with us, to walk me through why I should love your art even even more, and I love your art. The more I talk oh, to you, the more I, you. I, I think you're just like, you're doing really cool stuff. Uh, oh, thank you so much. So we're going to skip the outro music on this one because we're going to go right to the song after this. So if you can give them your Twitter handle, your Instagram, where can people oh, find yes. you, your website? Um, uh, Instagram, it's at Katie Ann Mitch. Uh, Twitter, it's at Katie Ann Mitch, but I'm not on Twitter a okay. lot. I just connect it with my Facebook. I'm lazy. Um, you can go to uh, to uh, my Facebook page, which is uh, Katie Ann Mitchell. Uh, and then it's... Uh, is that like an artist page or is it your yeah, personal? It's okay, a okay. personal page, and then I have an artist page, which is my Mockingbird music, um, which is Katie M. Mitchell, but it's like, you know, slash my Mockingbird music. Um, yeah, and then you can, uh, but I don't do much on it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, then okay. you can go to. Yeah, um, you're busy making like, the work. Yeah. You're really like, oh, we can't all be on social true. media 24 7. Um, you can go to my website, katieannmitchell.com, uh, too, and that's Ann with an E. Um, I've also got a blog on there. You can mm-hmm. sign up for my newsletter. I just do random musings and all that jazz. But uh, Can I plug your record for a minute? Oh, sure. So the record is uh, what The Many Tales of Mockingbird? The Many Lives the of many Mock- lives of Mo- Mockingbird. Great job. I'm off to a smashing start with this block. But what it is, is a 90 minute record. It's storytelling. It's music. It's, uh, it, it really is off the map. It's a fascinating piece of art because it's not like anything else I've heard. I mean, of course there's storyteller songwriters, but, but this is, it's, is, uh, uh, it's personal. It's abstract. It's poetic. It's, it's everything a, a record should be. Um, and, what, what I love more than anything, more than anything, I love art where you can kind of like smell the DNA of the artist on it. I'd rather see uh, a movie that costs $10,000 to make. And I know personally, like at the mm-hmm. end, I feel a strong connection with the people who made it. Then, mm-hmm. uh, Oh, I'm so, so similar too. I think there's a beauty in knowing the, the um, person who created something or brought life to to something in some way I think there's um that I think that personal relationship is so valuable and I'm so I'm so freaking amped to hear your second record because like we've talked about what you think works and not on this on air but in in private we've talked about what you think works and what you think doesn't work 
And I think you hit like pretty much everything I thought wasn't working on the first one. Like you yeah. said, yeah, 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 I know that didn't work. Yeah, yeah, it was an experiment. I tried that. It didn't work. And yeah, I'm, absolutely. So I'm so freaking amped to hear your next album. If we could Thank get you. off mic and if you could just get your ass to the studio and record it, that would be very, very <laughs> kind of you. Yeah. So one last song and then we're gone. Okay, sounds we good? great. Let's do it. Well, Alice, she went through that looking glass to find the time and the mind that would make her last. And she found Peter Pan with a parliament of pigeons who were trying to decide on a new world religion. And she thought, oh, this is how the gods must feel when they look on their creations, big and still. And oh, mama, how mama would cry if she knew sanity was based on a lie. Now Alice, you could tell her that the sun is thriving and reality is based on positive imbibing. And the scorpion really can't become our toad. But that only leads where the possum meets the road.